0: Hi, and welcome to the Green Element podcast, where we talk about sustainability in business. With each episode, we hope to inspire you on your sustainability journey. I'm your host, Will Richardson. Today, we're interviewing Sylvia Garvin, the founder of a London-based business, The Juice Round. They make juices, smoothies and shakes using traditional methods and serve them in reusable glass bottles, which are collected, cleaned and refilled for reuse. Sylvia, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Sylvia, let's start by asking you what drove you to start the Juice Round.
1: So, for me, from a personal suspect- perspective, I guess there was a number of different drivers. Um, prior to COVID, um, I was very much involved in um, providing bespoke drinks for um, businesses and offices, and over time, as I as our orders grew. Um, I found more and more, um, I was more and more alarmed, I guess, by the amount of packaging that was passing through our doors and couldn't get out of my mind the extent to which the drinks took a long time to make by hand. We took great care and attention in um, providing our um, products in our client's choice of packaging. So there's a lot of effort going into the personalization of our drinks. And then with the objective, really, of um, people finding them delicious and delightful and consuming them very rapidly. Um, And then the packaging that they're in would be sitting there and floating around in the environment for a long time afterwards. So I think I just saw as over time more and more of, um, I guess, I was more conscious of the scale of packaging that was um, passing through our doors and felt an increasing sense of responsibility as a drinks producer to find a different way of um of handling that and uh really focusing on reuse as a solution um then we started building on that concept working with corporates in London who were interested in having um business sort of office catering in um reusable glass bottles so we built up a nice client base over time um, providing that service which was called the juice round and then the pandemic happened people stopped going to offices people stopped attending events and i really saw an opportunity to perhaps pivot that idea and um offer it more widely to um consumers through retail outlets
0: how did the pandemic affect your business?
1: Oh, massively, massively. So pretty much everything that we were doing prior to the pandemic relied on social contact. Um, so my, my background um, of the last 15 years is providing bespoke drinks for high-profile events and business clients, which we still do. Thankfully, um, post-pandemic, we've really seen that side of the business um, pick up again. Um, but primarily, we had to rethink... Our whole business model. We were involved to some extent um with the first wave of COVID as part of the relief effort, helping the NHS frontline. That kept kept us very busy for the first first few months. Um really from just um a charitable perspective, helping um frontline staff with drinks to keep them refreshed and boosted and um essentially at work without needing to change out of their PPE to go to the canteen, which might be closed. So um Initially, we're very much focused on the relief efforts. And then once that subsided, the realisation that COVID was something that we'd have to live with and would need a a long term rethink, not just a sort of quick pause. So um, it massively affected us.
0: And what impact does your business model have on food waste?
1: That's a very good question. So um, we have really, with the Juice Round as a service, we've really focused on minimising food waste in many ways. So initially, um, the way that we set up our order system is very much based on a just-in-time ordering system. So um, we have um, a weekly um, ordering arrangements with our retail partners um, which means that we produce essentially to order we don't overproduce we don't have stock sitting in a warehouse somewhere which means additionally that our products are really fresh but that means there's very low levels of wastage because essentially we're making what has been sold um, for one of a better description right um, and also from a customer perspective we offer maximum flexibility in our ordering so that um, our retail partners can literally choose right down to the individual bottle how many drinks of each flavour they're looking for, which means that they have little waste as well. Um, so we're really, the, the whole um, supply chain is all based around trying to minimise food waste um, by purchasing what we need and by our retail partners essentially purchasing from us what they know they're going to sell so it's it's all about kind of low, flexible ordering.
0: How has your business been received by the public and the hospitality sector?
1: It's been really positive actually initially i was I was a little bit unsure about i guess the viability of the refill model in a more mainstream context so i could I could you know understand within an office an office context that um reusable packaging makes great sense because um our customers are consuming their drinks at the desk. They just pop their bottles in a crate within a, a kitchen area. It was a sort of contained environment within which to consume our drinks. Um, and from a business perspective, there's that that cost of um, recycling packaging is what is is reduced because it's being it, you know essentially it's not it's not part of the waste stream that that business generates. So it made perfect sense within a business context. I was initially, I guess, intrigued to see how it would be received by our retail partners, but the response has been absolutely fantastic. In the sense that they've really got behind the environmental agenda, have been really keen to promote it in terms of in-store marketing, um, and then in terms of engaging with consumers, we've really been pleasantly surprised by the levels of bottle returns that we're we're seeing. Uh, it's been it's been really positive.
0: That's great, and how do you work with your trade partners to ensure you get the bottles back?
1: So we using our background, I guess, in personalization and bespoking, which is something that you know we've, we've come at this from, given our background in, um, in the corporate drinks world, um, we have created personalized marketing mm-hmm. for, for the stores so that they feel um, that their point of sale information is going to fit their premises needs, um, suit the layout of their drinks fridges, um, really speak to their audience in terms of encouraging them to return um, the bottles. Um, The other thing that we have is um, a refund on that bottle. So there's a a small financial incentive for consumers to return their bottles, and the retailer then um, is rewarded in inverted commas for that bottle collected in the form of a discount off their their monthly invoice so the idea is it with it being a bottle that we don't need to buy we pass on that benefit down the line Um, and some of our retail partners have um expressed that in the form of a a, a 10p refund per bottle for the customer Um, alternatively some of them have really got behind uh, local charities and basically made a donation to the customer's behalf Um, for that bottle that's returned so it's sort of an additional win. Um, We leave it very open to our retail partners to decide what's going to work for them operationally Um, but essentially all working to a common cause.
0: That makes sense and it's quite nice that you actually leave it up to the retail outlets to decide what they want to do as opposed (laughs) to you saying what what it is that you want them to do. Absolutely
1: because they they know what works best, they know what fits in.
0: And it also means that you know how some people just come up with some really crazy ideas or mad ideas and then you're like oh that's actually quite yeah, a good idea certainly. i don't know why no one else <laughs> thinks about and you can pass that on to other people <laughs>
1: exactly exactly we've got one um retail partner um uh, coffee shop chain called Hay coffee and they are very much involved in tackling homelessness in the lo- in south london where they're based so um the the bottle refunds is essentially are um donations that they make on the customer's behalf to the the homeless charities that they support so it's 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 i think it's got to be flexible for um each partner to really um configure the the bottle return scheme to make it as much of an incentive as it can be um to, to the consumer but also to, to them as a business
0: what challenges do you foresee with providing reusable bottles
1: i think there's huge challenges in the sense that i don't it to be able to do this at scale will require a much larger infrastructure. Um, so at the moment, we're really focused on London because that's where we're based. And um, in terms of reducing delivery miles, um, it makes sense for us to have a sort of a localized model of, of production and delivery. Um, being able to do that on a system wide scale will need much more flexibility in terms of um Having delivery partners that can handle the delivery and collections for us, um, in terms of um, yeah, just just being able to to scale a bottle return system that would work within mainstream grocery. There's there's a lot of work to be done and, and a lot of thinking to be done to be able to achieve this on um, on a national scale.
0: Yeah, and are you looking at moving more UK wide?
1: We'd love to over time. Absolutely. So my vision is very much about creating a juice round in every major city where there would be a, a demand for our types of products, but preserving the, um, I guess, the local production model and the ability to work closely with retail partners to minimise food waste, to minimise delivery miles. Um I think that would need to be done on a sort of, um, as I said, a sort of uh, a localised model as opposed to the prevailing approach of sort of centralised production, which could be overseas and then shipping it all over in big containers to the UK. We're very much the polar opposite of that, and we're all about um, being close to the customer, both the the consumer and our retail partners.
0: It's interesting. We had a um, wine company on, and they are – it was about – the packet the labeling that they needed to put on mm-hmm. and then they track all the bottles and then they're able to know exactly where they are and then they go and pick them up mm-hmm. and stuff and they're looking at the US and coming over to the UK so very much on a national level.
1: Fantastic.
0: I mean d- something like that. Can you see that working for you?
1: Yes, I mean that that would be um I guess that would be the dream to be able to have a model of um, returning packaging that is almost um, not specific to a particular location or even um, a particular um, customer that we would be able to return bottles in a, in a really efficient way would be great. Um, I mean, we have, a, we have a similar system in the sense that we've had to pay close attention to our labelling to make sure that the bottle labels are easily removable. So essentially they are a peelable paper label. It's obviously got to be um, adhesive enough to be able to stick to the bottle when we need it to, but equally um, the ability to remove it when we need it to. So we've had to do quite a lot of work around that. Um, But yes, I think um, just to have that sort of infrastructure support would be um, really beneficial. And I think over time there will be a sort of an ecosystem of suppliers all feeding into and supporting the reuse model.
0: That makes mm. sense. It's the good goods is um, the company I was just talking mm-hmm. about for anyone that wants to reference it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about your partnership with the Crown Partnership?
1: Yes, absolutely. So as part of, um, I guess, the the, the the pandemic, I really thought that given the uncertainty in the hospitality industry, um, for me, rebuilding post-pandemic, it felt like a lot of ins- lots of responsibility and uncertainty to take on as a sole business owner. So um, I was fortunate enough to reach out to um, Crown as a potential uh, business partner going forward. They've got a very unique model where they effectively invest in businesses that they have good synergy with um so through that partnership i've been able to benefit from um some shared services in terms of finance and marketing and all the kind of infrastructure that really is needed um and i think it's been invaluable actually because the the bespoke drinks world is very niche and it's something that um we as a as a business we're able to um trade very well in and have a, a great niche in but when we transition to or when we've transitioned to the retail world of food and drink that's a completely different ball game there's much more risk much more investment required so actually having um crown as a as a business partner has been a great facilitator of this this new phase
0: is that and that's that still london yes yeah, so
1: they are um yeah it's essentially they they have a number of different sites um, as the um sort of sole caterer for different venues within london they they have a main production area in romford so just london essex borders um so yes so not a million miles away um geographically um but also i think i really enjoyed having a management team in the sense that you know many several heads are better than one and um and also some of the companies within the group are also sort of internal customers for the Juice Round, which has been great to get to sort of get going and um, to see that we've you know established proof of concept initially through having some internal customers and, and building out from there. So it, it has been really valuable.
0: What are your future ambitions for the Juice Round?
1: So as i sort of touched on previously i would love to see a juice round in every major city in the uk I, I would like reusing and refilling packaging to be something that consumers embrace and feel comfortable with and feel is is the norm that it it, it shouldn't feel onerous it shouldn't feel um unusual um so i would really love more of a i guess a, a mass adoption of of um reusing and re, refilling i think for me that's sort of what really felt counterintuitive is that glassy is recycled relatively easy but the thought of kind of breaking it up and smashing it into a million pieces to then remake it seems so counterintuitive that i think more of an awareness of where packaging comes from and that actually, it's a valuable asset, not just a disposable commodity. I think more of a sort of collective realization around that would be, um, you know, very heartening, just from an environmental perspective. Um, and equally, seeing the juice round go from from strength to strength, um, and working with other circular focused businesses as well because there's lots of great examples in other sectors like you've alluded to with the the wine company you mentioned also within the beauty industry um there's companies like circle are doing great things within london to um provide um sort of beauty and home products more sustainability more sustainably so yes i think just forging those relationships as well so that we are across the board able to offer reusing and, and refilling easily and, and conveniently to customers would be the, the gold standard really
0: <laughs> Yeah absolutely I think I think it's interesting that you just put um, touched upon the smashing up of glass because the minute you get into actually recycling glass then the carbon footprint is astronomical. Um, you're much better off using plastics than you are glass in that respect.
1: And that was a real change, actually, po- sort of in the post Blue Planet world. I really saw very quickly how we were getting much more demand for glass uh, packaging, but it was being treated like it was plastic, which, you know, going back to your previous question about what drove me to create the juice down, is that sort of frustration that here we were handling packaging that's a lot heavier, more expensive, more uh, resource intensive to make, and yet. It's being treated like it's disposable um, just seems so illogical.
0: Do you find you have to educate your customers on that journey and talk to them about glass and the carbon footprint of it? I mean, have you done a carbon footprint of, it, of your analysis?
1: It's something we're working on. So we are working with um, a sort of specialist consultant. to so first of all, map the carbon footprint of the ingredients we use. Because I think that's one of the challenges um, is that sort of inherently with this type of um, initiative, you'd want to source as locally as possible to keep your ingredients sort of UK focused. Um, but experience has shown me that that's not always what the consumer wants in terms of flavours. So there's a tension there in terms of being able to offer flavours that are um really great and creative and and unusual and perhaps different to your mainstream juice and smoothie brands, but at the same time wanting to have enough of a sort of UK ingredient base to be able to um to feel confidently confident that we're we're providing an improvement on the mainstream, so to speak. So one of the things we do is um we work closely with a fruit farm in Kent for um for our apple juice. Um, to be able to produce that, um, there's some ingredients that we really we have tried and tried, but we can't get away from in terms of um, local sourcing. Orange juice being the primary one, it's just some ingredients we just you know just <laughs> just don't lend themselves to the UK climate. So there's a real tension there actually in terms of being able to um, provide flavours and recipes that have um, have mainstream appeal yet deliver on some of the 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 sort of what we're trying to do around delivery miles and um, for the footprint of our ingredients. It's a constant debate. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I remember going to a restaurant in um, the Langdale Valley in the Lake District. It's a national trust. And they had CO2 on their Mm -hmm. menu. So the CO2 equivalent. Mm -hmm. And um, I immediately saw it. And then immediately went for the least environment yeah. like, not the least environmental the least CO2 um, on the menu for the main for, for what mm-hmm. I was eating and I was chatting to my other half about it and I went, I can't literally choose anything else. I now would feel guilty if I choose anything <laughs> else and um, so we ordered we mm-hmm. ate and I went up to them when I was paying the bill uh, I asked the bar manager if people most people ordered what yeah. I ate. And he said, interestingly, no, and most people didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder. This was about three or four mm. years ago, and I, with what you're mm-hmm. doing, I'm just wondering that as people become more educated and more knowledgeable about mm-hmm. this space, I wonder if you you could you could end up with you know the carbon footprint on your Absolutely. juices and the more popular ones would be the more local ones but also the more but potentially i don't know actually because I'm not you know potentially the least carbon footprint yeah
1: absolutely I think it's it's a really good point that um over time as consumers we want we'll want to know more about where our food and drink comes from and the journey it's made to get to us absolutely and I think over time I imagine that a bit like we have with food um, traffic light traffic lighting on on uh, food packaging in terms of the health or, or unhealthiness of that particular product i imagine something similar will evolve for the footprint carbon footprint of that particular item um i guess a bit like i imagine that we have with energy efficiency on appliances and all of that it will become sort of part of that mindset really that. Uh, consumers will want to know and to make choices based on that information and that it should be transparent, um, and, and visible. Um, so yeah, I I can really imagine that being on the horizon.
0: Brilliant. Well, it's been really, really cool talking to you. Thank you so much for oh, your time. Absolute today. pleasure.
1: Thank you for um, having me and for the opportunity to talk about the juice round and what we're doing, um, in terms of sort of refilling and reusing and, um, yeah, I'll stay tuned for more businesses and, and to learn more about how other organizations are approaching sustainability and uh, we, can, we can swap ideas.
0: Where can we find out more about you?
1: We are at um, online at the, the juiceround.co.uk um, on social media at juiceround. Um, that is the sort of the best place to, to find out more about us and what we're up to. Um, on the bespoke drink side, um, that business or that brand is called Seduced. So um, seduced.co.uk is, is the other side of what we do.
0: Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Take care. And thank you for listening. And please don't forget to join our post-podcast discussion at sustainabilitysolve.org, a special online community where you can share ideas, views, and comments. That's sustainabilitysolve.org.